Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, broadcasting live from the Charlotte Motor Speedway in my neck of the woods. They call it the Charlotte Motor Speedway. I've always wondered that, even though it is in Concord. But uh, You better get all technical on us now, man. Yeah, yeah, I always <laughs> think about that. But we are here, out here at the Rover. Beautiful view up here in the Speedway Club restaurant. It's a little bougie right now. People are having lunch right now. And we are looking out at the crews working on cars and also just this beautiful track that they have out here. Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. They got the Fan Fest coming from 5 to 7 p.m. You got driver appearances, autograph session with defending Bank of America Rover Roval 400 winner Christopher Bell, Ty Gibbs, Denny Hamlin, and Martin Truex Jr., along with Xfinity Series drivers John Hunter Nemechek and Sammy Smith. The first 200 fans to pick up a wristband from the information tent near Gate 4 starting at 8 a.m on October 6th, we'll get access to an exclusive autograph session with all participating drivers. And with all that said, it's time to talk some college football. Let's get to the campus. Kona! All right, this weekend, college football slate. Not a ton of games that are just must-see TV, but still some intriguing matchups when you look over the landscape. And just starting locally, which team do we feel like is in most need of a win when you talk about the local ACC teams? Uh, App State and Charlotte are both off this week, so uh, they're not one of the selections. But when I look at this right now, I'm going to go with the NC State Wolfpack. I'll kick it off uh, with the Pack because they've got a big game coming with Marshall. We know they've had big changes this week sending shockwaves through that program as they move on from Brennan Armstrong, uh, bring in young MJ Morris to start now. So he's going to be able to get the third start of his career last year. He became the first freshman quarterback since Phillip Rivers in 2000 to start at Wolfpack, to start at quarterback for the Wolfpack. But Marshall's coming in. They're one of the 22 remaining undefeated teams in FBS. They beat Virginia Tech just a couple of weeks ago. 24-17. I think this is a very dangerous game for the Pack. I think that Dave Dorn and the fans, they're at odds once again. A lot of NC State fans are frustrated by what they're seeing. This offense is 11th currently in the ACC, 25.4 points per game. So they're looking for MJ Morris, KC Concepcion, and anybody else that's putting on the red and white to come out there and play some great football and get them a win against a quality Marshall team. It's hard to go anywhere else but NC State, right? Especially with MJ Morris coming in as the starting QB. Imagine dropping that game. MJ Morris comes in. <laughs> yeah, the fans are going to be Woo! beside themselves. They already are. So you make the QB change, which is a desperation move. Yes. I mean, 
I don't want to be too dramatic about it, but you went out and got Brennan Armstrong because of the word of Robert and I. And so when you bring him to be the offensive coordinator, and then you go and get a QB because your OC vouches for that guy, and he can't last up until the halfway point of the season, and now you're just going to roll with the QB that you already had on the roster anyway. So I like that if they're going to make this change, that you give him a chance against a Marshall team. But, man, they're 4-0. It's not like Marshall is just some real walkover team. Yet, no, they're not Power 5, but this is a squad that could sneak up on you and beat you if you don't bring your A game. I'm with you, Wes. Like, I, I think North Carolina, you could make the argument. I, they got Tez Walker back. You don't want to have a letdown after the announcement that had uh, that we had on ye- uh, yesterday with Tez Walker being eligible to play again. But NC State's the one where you go 500 in six games played. Now we're talking about like bowl eligibility if you lose to Marshall, only putting up 10 points this last outing to Louisville. It's hard not to go with NC State with the team that needs to win the most. And another layer, too, I'll add on to that. If MJ Morris comes in and ignites this offense, a lot of people are going to be looking at Dave Doyle and say, hey, what the heck was going on in the first place? Why is this just now happening? Because a lot a of people point. have been clamoring for him since the preseason. There were a lot of people that did not believe in the Armstrong and our marriage, so they will be certainly watching uh, MJ Morris with a a keen eye and want to see what he can do. But then also, when we take a look at the schedule for this week, what's the local team with the most upset potential? And that can go either way. Either they can upset someone or they can get upset. You already know which direction I'm going to go here. (laughs) It's the North Carolina Tar Heels. We talked about this offensive line and the struggles that they've been having as of late not being able to run the football as well, giving up a lot of sacks which plagued them at the end of last season. They've got a Syracuse team coming in that's definitely going to be an angry bunch after what happened at Clemson. And so when you look at this, this is a balanced Syracuse squad. They're third in the ACC in scoring offense and scoring defense. They're also adept at creating turnovers. And Drake May currently right now has a 5-4 to four, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Syracuse is ninth in the NCAA in turnovers game. They forced one last week against Clemson, and a lot of people say, oh, Syracuse doesn't have a chance because of what Clemson did to them. But guess what? You don't have some of the guys that Clemson has on defense. You don't have uh, some of those big boys they got rolling out there that's as athletic as they are and will be playing in the NFL. I think that uh, I actually like Syracuse coming into this game off of a loss because I think that sharpens the focus. I think they come in there and they're ready to go. And they're going to be charged. And they've got uh, the requisite weapons to go in there and do what they need to do. Uh, I like Syracuse this weekend on the upset. I I can't find anybody in the ACC at least. And you're right. If we're just Going with the local squads, there are a couple of teams that aren't playing this weekend, as you mentioned. App State going to be playing on Tuesday against Coastal Carolina, so App State not going to be in the mix this weekend. I, If I had to choose, mm-hmm. we talked about downplaying Louisville against Notre Dame. I guess at home, that's the one that makes the most sense to me. Syracuse has done a good job so far. I just look at the schedule, Wes, and Syracuse, man, it's been a cupcake city so far. Colgate, Western Michigan, Purdue is no bueno. And even if they got the win and on the road against Purdue, they're not good. They scored 29 points and held Army to 16. And then when they did face a team like Clemson, who you might be – you're definitely right. 
that North Carolina doesn't have the defenders that Clemson does, I think we'd both agree that Clemson doesn't have the QB that North Carolina does. You do get Tez Walker back, and the good news is you don't have to put him in there in a significant role this weekend. That's not anything that you have to do, and that is so much pressure to say, now we got to dink and dunk it and then try to go deep to Tez Walker because Drake May has been throwing the ball downfield quite a bit to the receivers he does have at his disposal. I'm with you on the offensive line. Syracuse did have quite a few returning starters Number on the defensive two in the side. ACC in sacks per game. Yeah, again, though, I do think that has a lot to do with how bad the teams are that they've played to this point. We'll see, though. North Carolina certainly a team that is uh, going to allow uh, the opposition to pull off an upset every once in a while. We saw it at the last month of the season for them, yes. and it started with Georgia Tech. Well, no question about it, but also, too, this Syracuse defense was really good last year, and they kind of picked up where they left off, but then also, uh, when we also talk just from a national perspective, the games that we're looking forward to this weekend, there are a few on the schedule that will definitely tickle your fancy, if mm. you will, and so I'm going to go with the Red River rivalry. That's something that I have to make sure I enunciate because it is hard to say all together. But last year, Texas smashed Oklahoma 49 to nothing. It's always a fun game. I love hearing about the snacks that are available at the Texas State <laughs> Fair because the fried butter is one of my all times, and I want to be able to try that one day uh, with my blood pressure, though. Maybe I should fried not. Fried butter. But uh, yeah, they beat <laughs> Oklahoma 49 to nothing last year. Brett Venables has got that defense playing pretty good. Dylan Gabriel has been lighting it up. So this is going to be a huge game. Dylan Gabriel, Quinn Ewers, uh, this has the propensity to be one of those classic Texas-Oklahoma games. Yeah, especially if you just go nationwide and some of the games that you'll be having there on a national landscape. Oklahoma, Texas, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking at some of the other matchups there. I do want to ask you about this as it pertains to the ACC as well. Okay. So LSU is ranked behind Missouri at yes. this point. 21, Willie P's Fighting Tigers are 5-0. and LSU is ranked 23rd. Those are not Willie P's Fighting Tigers. Those mm -hmm. are somebody else's Fighting Tigers. My question is, if they drop this game to Missouri, despite Missouri playing well, they'll be bowl eligible if they win this game, and they'll deserve it. Six games, bam, just wasting no time. If LSU loses and they go 3-3, three and three, will that make you feel differently yes. about Florida State? Yes. Yes. Even uh, if they're even it, it, after their win against Clemson, because maybe you don't trust Clemson yeah, as much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No doubt, because we've seen Clemson. We've already seen them catch a beat down, and then now we've seen LSU not look how uh, they should look. Even though I picked LSU to win that football game, and I also thought LSU was going to win the SEC for sure. I'm wrong. Only God is an expert. Okay. But uh, when you look at it, the way Florida Who's State's played the <laughs> last couple of weeks, when they played against Boston College, how they kind of struggled, and there were some FSU fans that weren't happy about how they played at Clemson. They thought this was going to be a wipeout. They thought they were going to go down to Death Valley and handle business, but they battled in that game, and you could argue Clemson is a play here or a play there from that game going either way. Oh, for sure. So uh, I think that, yes, LSU has definitely downgraded Florida State's strength of schedule, and so that's why the no's are going to have to continue, but they're also going to have to stack on the style points because now this LSU loss isn't so glossy anymore. We know how the committee likes to look at games. So they're going to have to be dominant down the stretch to get into the college football playoffs because you see they still really quick before you go. You see they still got them hanging on the outside looking in when you look at the AP yep. poll at that five. You know when that college football playoff poll comes out, if that strength of schedule isn't right, they could be one of those teams that continually sit at five, six. I think the dominant performance in the second half 
is going to help them when they go back and look at LSU because even if LSU had their most recent loss to Ole Miss, still a crazy close game. So the fact that you do have style points with Florida State in that opener, I think that helps them. But look at how the schedule lines up for them. Pretty damn nicely, Wes. Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. got to be a win. Syracuse, uh, Syracuse is not a bad football team. I'm not going to go fitty on you. You guys treat them like gum. No, not me. Shoe, no, fitty. That's fitty. <laughs> Don't put that on me. Don't put that on me. Okay. But Syracuse, Florida State Ronnie should be Leonard be. could be back by that, by that Th- Duke that, FSU. He that, could be. That's what I wanted to look at. Yeah. Because if it, Duke is the hardest opponent they're going to face until you get to Miami. Yes. And then even after that, it's North Alabama and then on the road and against You never Florida. know what you're going to get with Florida. If Duke doesn't have Riley Leonard... Are you going to be questioning the strength of schedule if Louisville continues to, or excuse me, LSU continues to drop a couple games? Just something to keep an eye on. I, that That's like worst case scenario yeah. for Florida State, but I'm keeping an eye on it. There's no question the ACC has depth this season as far as quality teams in the league, but you're going to have to get a couple of teams inside of that top 15. That's why Carolina winning is important for the league to stay in that top 15 as well, because FSU is probably going to need to run the table, have those style points, and also uh, get to the championship game and have a great opponent that's inside of more than likely they would need, I think at this point, a top 10 opponent in the ACC championship game. So this weekend of college football should be fun, but when we get back on the Wesson Walker Show out here from the Charlotte Motor Speedway. We're going to get to Shrops Props here on Sports Radio. A new Radio, segment, baby. WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. He's bringing it. Very, very fitting song. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. As we were eating chicken wings. <laughs> Amazing. During the break. Amazing. Uh, Troppy, <laughs> I need. You know what? You can lie to us. You could just go ahead and, and tell us that you planned this as soon as we let you know we were eating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely 100% you know, planned. I'm surprised he knows about this song. I do age y'all out, though. Y'all do it to me, but I definitely do it to y'all, too. I, I definitely wouldn't I'd expect Shroppy to know about this. Well, the thing is, like, you'll you'll age us out, yeah. but also I'll know because I've gone back and done the research on it. And then sure. you'll go and then, like, the the more in-depth of, of the depths <laughs> of music history, uh-huh. you'll get me every now and then, and actually a decent amount. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's some, it's it's just like the, the frequency isn't as much much as some people might. Yeah, but definitely Shroppy, though. But Shroppy is, sure. 
He certified himself with us as a as a hip hop head though. He, he can is. definitely go in and I can tell by the type of stuff that he likes to play that he's definitely uh, right. into it like that. That's right. We are at the Speedway Club here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway getting you set for the Bank of America Roval 400 this weekend. Speaking of the Speedway Club, they are now open to the public. They are open for lunch Tuesday through Fridays 11:30 to 2 p.m. and then they're open for dinner and drinks and let me tell you the scene, it's fantastic. They're open for dinner and drinks. Tuesday through Saturday, so another extra day added on that, 5.30 to 9 p.m. I got to tell you, the view is awesome. The ambiance is great. The egg rolls. The food. Wes, I even ate a little bit. You did. I was very shocked. When I saw you walking over here, I was like, is he going to eat? Yeah, I know. So <laughs> they brought some food over for us. <laughs> they brought some. You know, Colin's laughing at me because, yeah, oh, walking to need, you know, but it's true. I just, I don't like eating while I'm on the show because I want to make sure I'm in tip-top shape. But when I'm eating here, you know the food is good. The long fried pickles, excellent. But the egg rolls, I think they're Southwest egg rolls. Yeah, they had. Phenomenal. I think yeah, they they were really good. And the wings too, you know, I can't complain. Everything that we've got on our little spread over there was pretty good. So me and Colin were talking about it. Like, look, you can clown me if you want to. That's fine. If I'm gonna eat chicken wings though, I need to gear up for it. I need to be in the chicken wing eating zone. I need to know that I'm not going to have to use my hands for anything, leave remnants of wing sauce on my computer or a piece of paper, and then I'm going to have to wash my hands after it. It might be deserving of some clowning. That's fine. But I'm just not going to get rough and rugged with the wing sauce on a radio show, <laughs> unlike you and Fiddy, who have no problem doing yeah, so. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you saw me eating over there with the hand sanitizer, though. So when I'm getting the sauce off of my fingers, I quickly apply the sanitizer so that I make sure that when I come back into my... My job that I'm good go. to go and ready to go wipe mouth off with the napkin <laughs> yeah. with straight yeah yeah it's very professional I'm not trying to call you unprofessional no 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 not at all but I just had to let people know you okay know, some people don't know yeah it's a very professional Wes Bryant here on Wes and Walker again I did want to remind you we're at Charlotte Motor <laughs> Speedway Speedway Club make sure you come out here this weekend if not tomorrow for the Xfinity Drive for the Cure 250 and the post race by the way door bumper clear live show and alter ego concert Adult tickets start at $25. Kids 12 and under get in for free. You also have, of course, the Bank of America Roval 400 on Sunday. There's a pre-race. There's a concert with Riley Green. Kids tickets just $10 on Sunday. Adult tickets start at $40. And you can get the full weekend schedules, ticket information, more online on their website, www.charlottemotorspeedway.com. Again, that is www.charlottemotorspeedway.com. Com. All right, so we talked about this yesterday. We love the nickname Shroppy. We try to come up with a whole bunch of different segments. We love the different variations, and we stumbled across a segment that is going to debut right now. Shrops Props gives us some of the things that he's paying attention to in this matchup between the Panthers and the Lions. Let's send it back out to the Planet Kia Studios. Shroppy, hit us with your proppies. <laughs> Alrighty, gentlemen. Alrighty. We know the Panthers are taking on the Lions this Sunday, and I have looked at some player props for this weekend. So I'm going to give you their numbers. You let me know if you would go higher or lower. And okay, then and this is a competition, by the way. Like we, The, the goal for us is we're, we're going to give you what we think is going to happen for Adam Thielen, who's about to come up, and then Troppy has to pick a winner on who he thinks would get the most money 
in our props. Okay, so, I like that. A little competition, so we'll set the stage for you there, Shrop. All right, word. So we have six options here. Your first one, Adam Thielen, 52 and a half reception yards. What are you guys feeling on that one? All right, I'll go first. I know this is your guy, okay? <laughs> and I do think that the game script is probably going to have Bryce Young throwing quite a bit. It hasn't necessarily been where the Panthers are playing from behind by three touchdowns. It Even if they might be, they might be the worst team in the league. The margin of victory for the opposition isn't crazy mm -hmm. because the defense has allowed them to stay in these games. I do think Detroit, if there is one to get a little lopsidey, these are the two games that it could come down to, right? Detroit and Miami. Because of that, you think game script might force them to throw a little bit more so. Your boy's balling. I know you like to point it out. Every game he's on pace, <laughs> over 1,000 yards on the season. Uh -huh. I think you might be saying that again on Monday. I'm going to take the over. Who else are they throwing to that you can believe in? Over for me on the 52-and-a-half receiving yards for Adam Thielen. Uh, I'm going to go over as well. This is a Detroit defense, though, that has 13 sacks on the season. That's tied for seventh in the NFL, and Aiden Hutchinson is – at the top when you talk about pressures. So I think that Bryce Young is definitely going to be under duress. That's why I say that. And we know that the short to intermediate guy that is Adam Thielen right now, seven catches, at least seven catches uh, in each of his last three games. He's that guy that's going to win quickly off of his route. Now, he may not take it 50, 60 yards to the house or blow by a guy on a nine route, but this is the guy that when Bryce Young is under duress, he's going to be who can I throw it to quick and be able to make some type of profit on this. And it's going to be Adam Thielen. Give me the over. All right, so you mentioned the man himself. We got a few Bryce Young props to get to. Shroppy, give us the first one. Yes, sir. So our first of three Bryce Young props here is his passing yards. 213 and a half passing yards. Uh, I'm going to kick the doggone thing off and say that I'm going to go under that. Uh, he hasn't given me much reason to think that he will go over that. This Panthers passing offense uh, has just been struggling, and there's no question about it. And so you look at this unit, and they're only averaging 187 net passing yards per game. That's 23rd in all of the NFL. As I just said, Detroit gets after the quarterback. This defense is playing really well. I don't see it with Bryce Young this week. Yeah, it, you know, call me naive. You're probably right, Wes, but I am going to take the over on this. If you look at the game logs, he threw for 146 against Atlanta, threw for 153, just a tick above against New Orleans, threw for 200. I do think, despite the offense not looking great, he's getting just a little bit more comfortable throwing the football. We saw a million completions. I do think that at some point, right, we got to see a little bit of a downfield passing attack. When we talk about rock bottom, we were discussing this with Frank Reich feeling as much pressure as he has by far. I don't know how many right screen passes we're going to see in this game. <laughs> and if I go with the game script, and I think Adam Thielen is going to go for about 53, that means Bryce Young is going to be throwing it a little bit more. So, yeah, give me the over on Bryce Young okay. on his uh, total passing yards being above 213 and a half. What else you got for us, Rob? All right, so our second Bryce Young prop here is half an interception. Over so what's that mean? The guy catches it, runs, fumbles, and opens no, it back. <laughs> No, right. yes. Go, go ahead, Shroppy. Explain it for uh, all the people that might not be familiar. Yeah. Hopefully people get it. Yeah, so the reason it's at a half is because if you have it set at one and you say over and he throws one, then the bet just kind of cancels <laughs> out. So we set at the half. So if you go under, then it, he throws zero. If you go over, then he throws one, at you least know, one. 
people might be making fun of us for explaining that, but I wonder if people, like, not everybody's oh, got a lot of people that don't know. So just to make sure everybody understands what's going on here, I think one turnover. You know, Bryce Young, actually, if you look at, again, the last few games, has not thrown an interception against New Orleans or Minnesota. I think not just because he's going to play bad or anything like that, just mm -hmm. the odds are at some point, I think Bryce probably will turn the ball over. Give me one interception. I'm going to take the over again. I'm taking the over on everything we've seen so far. <laughs> what say you, Wes? Uh, I'm going to go under. The last two games, he has not thrown an interception. Uh, hasn't thrown one since Atlanta. So, uh, I think that he'll be able to protect the football in this game. Now, it could be a crazy situation where the pressure gets to Bryce Young and he ends up getting hit or a ball might get tipped or something along those lines. But as far as him just making a boneheaded read uh, overall, if I got to be definitive on this one, I'm going to go under. He hasn't thrown one in the last two games. All right, so I go over on the first three. West went over on the Adam Thielen receiving yards prop, but he went under on Bryce Young, 213.5 passing yards, and under on the .5 interceptions prop. We got three more to go. Yes, one sir. more Bryce Young. What yes, you got, sir. Prop? So our last Bryce Young proposition here is one touchdown pass. This one's tough for me. This is tough. <sighs> Game script. I keep going to it. I'm not stopping. Over, 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 over. Right. I don't know why I'm doing this with the Panthers' offense, but I can't help <laughs> the way I feel when I look at all of this. Give me the over for Bryce Young on the passing yards, the interceptions, and the touchdown passes. Again, I just think the Lions are going to be up, and maybe you can even get some garbage time Sam Howell okay. type of covers here. <laughs> so Bryce Young over on the touchdown passes set at one. Uh, I'm going to go push right here because he's only thrown one touchdown. Uh, two out of the three games hasn't gone over that mark yet, and with the way this offense is struggling, it seems like once they get close, something – that can happen, will happen. And so uh, with Bryce, with the one touchdown pass, I'm going to go push him. Wait, that. hold on. I don't know if that's allowed, that allowed, sir. I don't think that's allowed, sir. Okay, it's, it's your game. Well, then I guess I got to go under because I don't think he'll go over. Okay. All right, man, a bunch of unders for Wes, a bunch of overs for me. What else you got for us as we uh, move out of the Bryce Young props? Moving on to a different uh, position here. Moving on to special teams. Eddie Pinheiro, he's been doing pretty well for us so far this season. 5.0 kicking points this game. All right, why don't you lead us off here, Wes? Eddie Pinero, five kicking points. I think that would involve him hitting a field goal and then the Panthers scoring twice and him kicking two extra points. The way this offense has been playing, they haven't given me any reason to think that they'll uh, visit the end zone twice in a game and get close enough for him to get a field goal as well. I'm going to go under. Yeah, he's had two field goals in all but one game so far and that was against atlanta he's had three field goal attempts against new orleans and seattle i mean he's on pace to be to get something over five points i'm actually going to go with the under on this one I'm oh gonna boy flip it going to go with the under on the five kicking points i think frank reich will show some aggression this is, you know, going along with my theme of Bryce Young hitting the overs on some of these over touchdown passes. If Detroit gets out to an early lead, they try running the football as well. So, you know, maybe they're actually going to be holding on to the football in crucial points in the second half. Bryce Young going to try to figure out a way to get this team back in it, having to throw downfield. Going forward on fourth down conversion attempts, I actually think we're going to get the under on Eddie Pinheiro's five kicking point prop. My first under of the day. Last one, Shrop, before you pick a winner, Miles Sanders up next. All right, so Miles Sanders. We know that the Lions run defense has been pretty solid this season. So this would explain this line. Miles Sanders, 
40 and a half rushing yards. Go ahead, Wes. You want to go on this one? Man, I mean, you look at the stats right now. Since Atlanta, with the 72-yard output that he had, it's gone 43-24-19. And he's facing one of the best, if not the best, rush defenses in all of football in the Detroit Lions. They're only giving up three yards a carry and 60 yards per game. So with that Walker mail, I'm going to say, hell no. <laughs> I'm going under, too. I, I look, if you look at the last three games, 43 against New Orleans, 24 against Seattle, 19 against Minnesota. Remember, we did talk about this with the pass protection. Chuba Hubbard got as many carries in this game. I think he had one more, if I'm not mistaken, but pretty much split on the rushing attempts. Chuba Hubbard got a lot more snaps in this one. I think they like what you're getting. Chuba's just been flat out better here, Wes. Like, there's a real uh, possibility of Chuba being the guy that they feature running between the tackles. Maybe Miles will be featured a little more in passing down situations, but Chuba's just been better. And I think we saw that against Minnesota. Maybe that trend continues. I'm going with the under here as well. So, Shroppy, pick a winner real quickly i went over on 52 and a half receiving yards for thielen 213 and a half for bryce young passing yards half an interception one touchdown pass i went over on all of it then i gave you back-to-back -back unders with eddie pinheiro's five kicking points miles sanders 40 of uh, 40 and a half rushing yards west went over on the receiving yards for thielen under on bryce young passing yards interceptions touchdown passes kicking points and rushing yards from Miles Sanders <laughs> under for Wes Bryant. Who wins in your eyes? Well, the person that was closest to what I thought was going to happen happened to be one Walker Male. There we go. So I'm going to pick you as my winner, but ultimately Sweet. we will have to see on Monday who was most correct out of these the selections. <laughs> Wes is calling a, uh, a shenanigans because we didn't allow him to go with the push. So I think that's why he's going to tell us that he lost that one. That'll do it for the debut of Shrops Props. That was a lot of fun. I like that. Yeah, Shrops Props are fun. Maybe we can bring that in a little bit more as the season goes on. Big thanks to Shroppy back at the Planet Kia Studios. It's Wes and Walker here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Get you ready for Bank of America Robo 400 taking place on Sunday. Shroppy, you're not done. Why don't you go ahead and hit us with your first Shrop It Like It's Hot since the 12 o'clock hour. What you got for us here as far as a news update, Shrop? All righty. So you guys know I'm a big fan of Formula One. They are currently in Qatar for the Qatar Airways Qatar GP and they are in qualifying right now as it's a sprint weekend so the normal routine of the weekend schedule is a little bit flip-flopped but we uh, we have our first five drivers that have been eliminated it is Logan Sargent in 16th Lance Stroll in 17th Liam Lawson Kevin Magnuson and Joe Guan Yu uh, I know you guys, I don't know how good your knowledge is of Formula One, but I, I'm sure you can guess who's in first place right now in qualifying. Max Verstappen. <laughs> yes, okay. sir. I'm a big driver. I mean, a big fan of Drive to Survive. I started watching it during the pandemic, so yep. I am very well versed. I tried to get into the races, but I couldn't really uh, sink my teeth into those, but I love Drive to Survive. So I do know that Max Verstappen and Red Bull is dominating over my boy Lewis Hamilton because you know they just changed 
changed up the rules to where everybody's on an even playing field as far as the money that you can spend on your car. And so a lot of people are saying that's been making the difference with Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes not uh, dominating the sport. You love that, don't you, Shabby? You didn't expect that. You didn't see that coming. I, I didn't. And actually, with. Lewis Hamilton just went uh, to P1 in Q2. So we'll see if he stays there. P1, push, push, box, box. <laughs> Hammer time, Lewis. <laughs> where's uh, Where's Michael Schumacher? Where's What's he doing? Um, where his son actually <laughs> races now, believe it or okay, not. Okay, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, his son, man. He, they had a big storyline around him and how the pressure that he feels being with his dad and the expectations with what his dad did. And so he kind of struggled, too, and he was feeling that weight of that pressure of his dad. All right, it's a motorsports type of Friday for us here <laughs> on Weston Walker. We're going to keep the theme going. It's a special Friday edition. Edition of Fire or Fizzle, NASCAR paint schemes. West dubs each of the schemes, whether they are hot or not. It's coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I thought the party was going to be fun, but it just got a lot more fun. <laughs> we got the Royal Rumble, a Royal Rumble beer, courtesy of Cabarrus Brewing. Fast as hellies. Fast as hellies. <laughs> That's what it says. Uh, when we were given the beers, they were described as hella sweet. And so I'm ready for it. It was described as a blue moon. And yes. you can come check it out. The Roval Rumble Beer. It's courtesy of Cabarrus Brewing. Craft Beer is a hell-style German wheat beer. It's available all weekend long. Not only is it available on draft at Cabarrus, it's also on property via can, so you can come check it out for yourself. Not only do we have beer for this party, I was told we're going to get some ice cream, too. And you know I'm an ice cream fan. I know you are a big sweets guy. Uh, I am, but not quite as big as you, but I'm definitely down to try I'm the sure. ice cream. Listen, man, it's free. You know, I didn't eat before I came here, so I'm down <laughs> for the meal. <laughs> it's 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 all, But look, I would pay for it, though. I'll tell you that. I would absolutely pay for it. So big shouts to everybody hooking us up here for the Roval 400, the Bank of America Roval 400, which, by the way, you can still purchase tickets. Just want to make that clear at CharlotteMotorSpeedway.com. Are you surprised? Maybe you're just tuning in and you're hearing, wait, 
This is Lil Wayne Fireman. Is it Thursday? No, it's not. <laughs> it's a special Friday edition of Fire or Fizzle with us at Charlotte Motor Speedway. We were talking about it. It came up organically, and we decided, you know what? We're going to do it again. We're going to get the people a bonus. We were talking about this, getting off the bus. What are the best NASCAR paint schemes of all time? Lots of people wrote in tons of answers. We have a list for you. Wes gives the official stamp of approval or the stamp of disapproval. And we're going to start with the Intimidator himself, Wes Bryant. Dale Earnhardt, GM Goodwrench, the black Intimidator color that had you shaking in your boots when you <laughs> saw him in your rearview mirror. Fire or fizzle, RIP Dale. Listen, man, when you talk about North Carolina and you talk about excellence, this man and his car, his driving style, everything about him has to be near the top of the list when you talk about sports greatness that came from this state. The iconic, first of all, two of my favorite colors are black and red. Then you talk about just the, the scheme when you see it pull up in your rearview mirror. And then you talk about the fact that I copped the racing jacket from J.C. Penney. And then you add in the fact that I wore it on the night I won the MVP of my high school football team. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So yes. I had on the Earnhardt jacket right then and there. So where do you think this is going? I know where it's going, and it is straight fire. I don't care if I'm in the restaurant. We're still going to wake them up in here. Raise hell, praise Dale, RIP. People are looking three. around already. That's how we roll here on Weston Walker. Of course, <laughs> it, was, it couldn't be anything other than fire. We go from Daddy Dale to Baby Dale. Dale Earnhardt Jr. repping the Budweiser paint scheme. I think it's fire, but again, it's not my segment. Wes, tell us, is the Budweiser paint scheme fire or fizzle? Man, again, red and black. It's hard to turn that down. You look at the old school. I remember he won the Daytona 500 in his car, if I'm not mistaken. You, you know what I'm saying? Paying homage right there. Young Dale Jr. in the shadow of Dale Sr. coming straight out of Kannapolis. And, you know, a lot of people had a lot to say about this man's career. And he was a rock-solid driver. Maybe not as great as his dad, but he would still get out there and compete. And when you talk about just the paint scheme. We're not talking about the driver. We're not necessarily talking about the wins. We're talking about the paint scheme. So you talk about Budweiser, that red with that black, basically a flip of his dad's car, straight out of Kannapolis, Dale Earnhardt's Budweiser-themed car was straight fire. Come on, baby. Okay, you good. already know I'm coming with it. They're already looking back here. They know what time it is. It's straight fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they probably true. don't know, but now they do. We were bougie, and now we're not, okay? We, we, we got range. Wes got range. <laughs> you used to be able to see it on his Twitter handle. We're living it right now. I want to go with another popular one. Uh, it's my favorite one. I'm going to bring Terry Labonte cornflakes. Wes, it would hurt me, to be honest with you. If I can't refer to this as fire for the rest of my life, it would hurt. <laughs> I, do, do with that what you will. But the floor is yours. Terry Labonte, cornflakes paint job. Is it fire or fizzle? I mean, as I sit here and look at this 44, man, you got the red, basically almost half the car. little Pizza Hut logo on there as well. But the Kellogg's cornflakes rooster is emblazoned <laughs> on the hood of this car. You got the yellow on there as well with the white accents. So I'm looking at this car, the Monte Carlo, the Chevy Monte Carlo. I don't even think they make those anymore. But still, based off what my dog said, and that's my co-host, and I love him. So okay. he's talking about, I can't call this fizzle. So you know I'm not going to call Good. it fizzle. So it is straight 
Fire, okay. Let's go with the fire cornflakes paint scheme. Uh, I think that might have been the first sympathy fire in show history, but I appreciate <laughs> it nonetheless. Let's move on. Lots of people rolling with the Rainbow Warrior. Got to roll with Jeff Gordon. DuPont, okay. Everybody that was a Dale fan, not so much a DuPont Jeff Gordon <laughs> fan. But it doesn't matter because I think the paint scheme, it's certainly iconic. Is it fire or fizzle wet? I mean, you know I'm a colorful guy. I love colorful clothes, colorful sneakers. So when you look at this car, you definitely get a lot going there. You can pick a paint scheme. He's had several DuPont paint schemes, and you get pretty much all of the colors. You get damn Roy G. Biv. Isn't that what they said back that in the day? Is, That's yes. the color spectrum, okay? And Shout then you talk about the man. And then you talk about the man that was driving it, arguably one of the GOATs. It's not even arguable. He is one of the GOATs. So when you're talking about Jeff Gordon, the old school. I look at him at the picture right here beside the car with the mustache, with the DuPont, all of the colors. Roy G. Biv, it is straight <laughs> fire, and don't you ever forget it. It's so true. I don't know if we're going to get to a fizzle because the next one before we go to break is Rusty Wallace, Miller Lite. Now, the quantity beers, they're strongly represented by the NASCAR community. <laughs> I just thought about getting a Kevin Harvick Bush Light t-shirt in the gift shop. There was not a Miller Lite shirt. Would have thought about that one as well because I like the paint scheme so much. You tell me, Wes. There's also, I believe, as you're looking it up, the genuine draft paint job. Yes. You can do a two-for-one if you want to. Miller Lite, uh, Miller Lite, genuine draft, all of the above. Is it fire or fizzle? Well, that's what we're about to do right now. We're going to go two-for-one because when you talk about Rusty Wallace was my favorite driver back in the day because he drove this car. And why is that, Wes Brown? Because my grandmother way back in the day, old school Southern, you know what I'm saying? And when she she would finish her Miller Jingle and draft. Sometimes she'd have a little bit left in there. And she would let your boy get that last sip. You know what I'm saying? So that alone made me start liking the Miller Jingle and draft car. I didn't even know who was driving it. I just knew that was the beer my grandmother would drink. And she would let me get a small little sip right at the very end. So for that reason alone, Rusty Wallace in the Miller Genuine draft car, the deuce, it's Miller time, it's fire fizzle time, and it is strong. Great fire. You already know. A clean sweep, all fire, no fizzle. That's how we're rolling on a special Friday edition. <laughs> I don't want to hear no Kevin Garnett today. Turn you, the music off. You don't have to burn it. Thank you for demanding, Shroppy, turn the beat off, <laughs> even if we are miles and miles away. <laughs> Let's go to the 2 o'clock hour, a fun-filled Friday edition of Wesson Walker here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.